Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there. Welcome once again to the Match Day podcast. After a couple of huge days in the UEFA Champions League, we know the final eight sides that we'll meet in Lisbon in that really unique mini tournament that we'll see over the next couple of weeks. I'm Richard Bayless. Hello, Heather Garriok. How are you? I'm great after a fantastic time this morning. Sound a bit tired, H? No, not at all. Some great football being played. So coming up on the show, we'll have Simon Hill involved and also Dave Weiner as we look ahead to the final eight. But for now, let's say hello to John Aloisi. Uh, John, did you enjoy the two uh, games this morning? I did. I uh, really enjoyed watching the, the best player in the world, probably the best player of all time, Lionel Messi, show his magic again. Um, but also watching Bayern Munich and how ruthless they are and how good they are going forward with uh, the likes of Lewandowski. Well, that's the matchup, almost, isn't it, of the quarterfinal stage? You, at one point, Heather, on the coverage, picked Barcelona to win it, and then you picked Bayern Munich, so you're finding it really hard to split the two, given what they did this morning. I didn't say I wanted Bayern to win it. Ah, I think did. Barcelona can win it, um, given the form that they're in. So I, I think that their form at the moment, Barca, is probably a 6 out of 10. Um, they've had a couple of weeks off a couple of weeks ago. They were in Ibiza, I believe. Um, so ju- they're just getting their legs together. But when you got freaks or... Lionel Messi's a freak, and then you've got um, another backup in Suarez, and, and and Griezmann was really really quiet this morning. I thought he he got involved a little bit, but link up play was was very rare. Um, but when you got those likes of players, and you get a half chance, like Messi got a half chance today, and he's finished it. Uh, that's that's what can get you through through to the next stage. And and Bayern for that matter, yeah, they're outstanding. Yeah, they got Lewandowski. But in saying that, I just think Barcelona have got that prolific and killer instinct, especially in front of goal. We'll talk with Simon Hill shortly about calling Messi magic because his goal today absolutely was. How good were Barcelona, John? Because it didn't go their way in La Liga after the lockdown. They only lost once, but uh, it was enough to concede the title to Real Madrid. I mean, they've got players out, they've got off-field issues, but they're good enough to go and beat Napoli 3-1, which in itself says a lot. Yeah, but it wasn't really a convincing performance, Rich. Uh, the, you know, Barcelona were good, but they weren't great. And uh, under Setien, they, they've struggled uh, really to find their system, what works for them, what works for the players that he has at his disposal. And uh, the, the good thing about uh, this morning was that they actually defended well against Napoli. Napoli had a lot of possession. They, uh, they were trying to break Barcelona down, but they didn't really create a, a lot of clear-cut chances. So they'll take the positive out of that. But there's still a lot of room for improvement with, uh, with uh, Barcelona, and uh, they're going to have to improve if they're going to beat Bayern Munich. Absolutely, they do. In terms of that man, Messi, have you? I mean, he scored almost any type of goal you can imagine, hasn't he, during his career? But have you ever seen a goal quite like the one he scored this morning? Because he played it off a couple of Napoli defenders, not on purpose, I might add, but then almost off the floor, he's beaten Ospina's far post. It was pretty unique, John, but only one player could seemingly do that. Yeah, look, yeah. Messi, you expect the unexpected because he's that good. He, he scores all types of goals. And uh, 
because he's got that low center of gravity, when he does fall over, he's able to get up quite quick. And, um, you know, it, there was only one place he could actually hit it, and that was the far corner because that was the, the you know, the, the defender was blocking more or less the near post. Um, but what impressed me was his uh, his goal that got disallowed. Just his control uh, and the way he took it, the, you know, just the calmness about it all. And uh, he makes it look so easy. And that's why Messi is so good because he makes the, the, the difficult situations look easy. And, uh, you know, there's only a, a few players around the world that can do that. Heather, I thought your comment on the coverage was uh, a really good one where you said that we were robbed of a great Champions League goal, the second one. I mean, it was controversial because of VAR. We could go on about that all day if we had the option to. But it's the fact that he did have that moment of magic and you just want those players to be rewarded when they do that. Yeah, most definitely. And and that and Johnny's just uh, touched on it. Just just the c- control. Any, any striker, any quality striker and world-class striker, he's above world-class – would normally head the ball or normally hit it first time. Not not Messi. He's controlled it with his chest as it's come down. He's been able to not only look far post and know that the, the goalkeeper had blocked that that angle, he's also put it near post. And, and it was just a genius goal. And, yeah, I think he was robbed of that. And there wasn't much in it. He, that, that should have been a goal. And, and it wasn't. But I just wanted to speak about more Messi's movement um, during the game. I, I really spent a lot of time watching his movement. And he walks majority of the time. And he just drifts in and out of pockets. And the thing that I loved about watching him play today is that's what he normally does. And he just he, he picks and he's so clever and he's so smart. And the moments he does get the ball, it's, it's game on. And, yeah, he's, his centre of gravity is really low. And it's really difficult to mark, especially when, when he come up against uh, Koulibaly, who was outstanding, I thought, for Napoli today, um, but still couldn't quite get him, um, especially in the moment of, uh, of his first goal. It might have been the symbolic moment of that matchup between the two when Messi stole in. Koulibaly didn't see him coming and, of course, won what was ultimately the third goal for Barca because it was a penalty given. He was somewhat injured in that, John, but I wonder, just on Heather's point about Messi walking all the time, we know he doesn't do the most defensive work, if any defensive work, I suppose. Do you think that will ultimately see him win out the Ronaldo-Messi debate, which, by the way, is... A little bit boring, but he'll probably go on that little bit longer than, say, a Ronaldo because of the fact that physically he doesn't have to put as much effort in to be so influential in a game. It's not boring, Rich. It's a great debate and uh, <laughs> everyone's got an opinion. But um, my opinion is Messi is the best. And uh, look, I don't know whether he'll last or outlast Ronaldo because Ronaldo is a, a physical beast, um, but um, Messi is just smart the way he plays his football. He does conserve energy. He does walk around. We, we know that, but um, he puts himself in position so when he can uh, or when Barcelona win back the ball, he receives it in space. And you saw in the game against Napoli that um, you know that they're playing a 4-4-2 diamond and he was supposed to be playing up front with Suarez, but he realised he wasn't finding any space, so he just drifted out wide and started to pick up the ball there and, and then start running at players. And he's just uh, such an intelligent footballer. So Barcelona move on to a quarterfinal against Bayern Munich because of that 3-1 win, 4-2 on aggregate over Napoli. If you haven't seen the moments we're talking about from Messi or the key moments in the game, go and check them out on the Optus Sport app. There's a whole heap to digest in there as always after the Champions League, including Bayern Munich's highlights. Uh, they were always going to do it easy, I suppose, Heather. Maybe he, easy's not necessarily the word, but after being 3-0 up against Chelsea, obviously they're in a great position. And we talk about how good Messi is. Is there a more influential player in the world right now than Robert Lewandowski? 
Yeah, besides Messi, but um, yeah, Lewandowski, his goal scoring record is just phenomenal, and um, he, he he proved it today. But what was impressive today is not only his prolific goal scoring ability, but also his ability to be able to join in the attack and assist in his goals as well. And um, I, I just thought that um, without him up top uh, with Bayern, obviously they've got a quality team around um, him, but yeah, he was just outstanding again. So yeah, definitely up there, but not up there with Messi. <laughs> 4-1 winners they were on the night, Bayern Munich. Uh, 7-1 on aggregate. Frank Lampard gets what he wanted all along, which was some time off for his uh, tired squad with a few injuries there as well as Simon Hill joins us uh, on the podcast. Simon, when you do your research for Bayern Munich against Barcelona, what do you expect to find? What nuggets maybe that you hadn't otherwise thought about? I mean, looking across both squads, the form at the moment, mainly from, I guess, Bayern Munich in terms of what they've done in the league, but both have uh, some fascinating storylines. Absolutely. Well, uh, I can't tell you yet because I haven't done that research. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I've, do, I've done it on Barcelona, so I, you know, I've got I've got a fair idea of of, of what obviously they they can bring to the table. But you know, that that's just a, a real heavyweight clash, isn't it? That's that's the sort of game you want. Uh, last day of the Champions League, and I thought Barcelona today were were very very good in patches. They've just got that explosive quality, haven't they? Not just Messi. I thought uh, Frankie de Jong did did okay today, and and Griezmann as well. You know, obviously Suarez scored the penalty, but um, you know they, they they've got that that real top level experience, and so have Bayern. So it's, t- it's tough to pick a winner. Are you of the have you done tips yet for this one? No, not yet. No, it's no. going to be too hard. I need to think um, about that. You might need to do the Luke Wilkshire and just skip over that yeah. one. <laughs> Go a few days <laughs> ahead. <laughs> uh, Johnny, in terms of Bayern Munich at the moment. Uh, how much of what they did under Hansi Flick after the lockdown did you see? Because the record was, I mean, seriously imposing. The way they used that break to come out much uh, stronger. And, you know, this is a guy in Hansi Flick who was meant to come in just short term. All of a sudden, he looks a genius. Yeah, I watched them quite a bit, Rich. And they were they were sharp. They, they, they played an intensity from the word go after the break. So that they must have been doing some sort of training where, during the lockdown because um, they didn't lose any sort of fitness levels, and um, and they've got pace all over the pitch. Uh, Alphonse Davies out, out on the left, um, he's been a revelation. Um, Muller's looked, uh, he's in the best form of his career. You know, we talk about Lewandowski, you've got uh, Gnabry, you, you've, you've got uh, Komen, you've got, you've got weapons all over the pitch with pace, and, um, and that's something that uh, Barcelona are going to need to be aware of, because... Um, Barcelona aren't that quick at the back. PK's uh, he's he's okay, but he's not lightning quick. And um, you know, Bayern Munich will look to they'll look to hurt them with that pace. On Chelsea, Simon, we spoke in the coverage about the fact that defensively, I mean, it's well known defensively they are at times at sixes and sevens. Mm. They will probably go out and spend now because that's what they seemingly want to do throughout this whole summer. Surely they need more than one defender to come in, though. You'd have thought so. Um, I mean, at, at the moment, they are, they're a fair way off challenging Liverpool and Manchester City. Um, all right, they're top four, but, you know, to get that, that next level, City and Liverpool uh, are at a different stage of their evolution. And Chelsea, you know, are a long way behind. And, and they've been put a long way behind, of course, because they had that transfer ban for a while as well, which didn't help them. So it was all about developing the young players. And they've done that, to be fair. You know, Tamori is actually a good prospect. I like him. But, yeah, they need to spend some money. 
but would that you know are, are they in a position at the moment where the pl- the, the type of they, this is the chicken and egg situation are they at the stage of their development where the big name players that they need are actually going to go to a Chelsea well exactly i mean being in the That's champions the problem, league isn't yeah being in the champions league probably helps yeah. and yeah, i reckon if you were head of their recruitment i reckon i'd know who you'd be uh, trying to get heather yeah, Koulibaly. I, I'm a fan of his, especially in, t- hey, in today's... You can't, no, no, no. He's coming he's to City. City. <laughs> oh, he's going to City, is he? you got Ake. Yeah. Yeah, we're having them both. Uh, yeah, you will too. <laughs> he was brilliant. But for, for Lampard, um, I, the thing that I liked, I liked and disliked today in today's game, I liked that Lampard played or tried to play their own style of play, even though they got youngsters, even though with their, the inexperience of Champions League games under their belt, they still tried to play out defensively the, the the amount of mistakes they made. But as a coach, you'd look at that and you'd go, when you're doing your video analysis, yes, you made the mistakes. What can you do better for next time? Now, I know it's a Champions League game and they shouldn't be thinking like that. But it's going to give them a lot of development opportunities um, going into the Premier League next year, but also Champions League if they make it next year as well. So I think there's um, pros and cons, but big players to go to Chelsea. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. What's Lampard's vision? What's his philosophy? Does he want to produce young players? He's shown it in the Premier League because his recruits are, are the youngsters. Um, but, yeah, they definitely need to tighten up defensively. Um, that's a no-brainer. I'd like to see him continue down this road, though, because, mm. and obviously I'm speaking as an Englishman here as well, that, that wants to see English talent get an opportunity in the Premier League, and that's been a problem over the last 20 years, particularly at the top clubs. So the fact that he's, he, you know, he's given... The, the Tammy Abrahams of this world, the Mason Mounts, uh, uh, the Tamoris, you know, the, those opportunities. It's not just good for Chelsea, it's good for the national team as well. And I think he, he was brought al- along with Jody Morris with a view to developing that side of, of their club, which they hadn't really done for a long time, probably since the days of John, when John Terry came through, mm-hmm. really. So I think that's a good thing. Um, so I'd like to, okay, yeah, they do need to go out and spend some money, no doubt about that. But you don't want to see them spend money at the expense of saying to those kids, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go back out on loan. You know, off you go to a, a Derby County, no disrespect to Derby or, or a, you know, another championship side, and you, you'll never make it at Chelsea. I think it's, that would be a real shame. It was a long time, wasn't it? It was almost felt like two decades where people would say, Chelsea haven't developed a player since yeah. John Terry. And all of a sudden now in the last 12 months, if someone had said to a Chelsea fan 12 months ago, your front three away at Bayern Munich would be Callum Hudson-Odoi, Mason Mount and Temi Abraham, they would have went, ooh, that sounds ugly. And it was ugly in the end, but there is a, a long-term benefit potentially for it. Johnny, before we let you crack on with your day, good season or bad season for Chelsea? I mean, they had less points in the league. They conceded more goals than last year. They were embarrassed, let's be honest, by Bayern Munich over two legs, but they do have young players and they do have a, a young manager who's looking to progress them. Good or bad season? 
very good season. I, I think that uh, they would have taken this before the season started. They had that uh, transfer ban that uh, they couldn't sign any players uh, before the season started. Uh, Lampard, relatively inexperienced, only that year at Derby. So no one really knew how he was going to handle the pressure at Chelsea. And, you know, they finished uh, in the top four Champions League and uh, they got through the, the Champions League the first round. So I, I know that, um, you know, they, they lost heavily uh, against Bayern Munich. There is uh, a lot of room for improvement defensively. But, um, you know, Heather's right. They, they play a great style of football and Frank Lampard sticks to his gun. So I actually think that uh, they've had a good season. Yep, I reckon a lot of Chelsea fans would agree with you. Johnny, it's been great to have you on. We'll uh, catch you on the coverage later in the week, mate. Thanks a lot. And I'm going to go to sixes and sevens now, Rich, that uh, <laughs> you talked about. It's down the road. It's a pub, actually, here in Brisbane. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. I know that's one of your favourite phrases. Wasn't it, a, wasn't it your favourite phrase growing up in Adelaide? It was a favourite phrase of mine. I didn't know what it meant. I, I realised after it was an English saying that means they're all over the place. So, uh, yeah, it's about Chelsea's Chelsea defense. was this morning. Good on you, J.A. It's always great to have you on. We'll catch you soon. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Shortly we'll hear from Dave Weiner as well because we do have uh, some news in terms of managerial sackings. 24 hours ago we said that uh, Maurizio Sarri might be under pressure. No, he definitely was under pressure. Before we get Dave in though, Simon, just back very briefly to the messy chat. Uh, it's a question I asked you on the, the coverage, but for our listeners that might not have heard it, I'd love to know how you find the words when Lionel Messi does something like he did today in that goal. Well, to be honest, I probably find it easier with players like Messi than some of the others because he is one of the greatest players not just of this generation but that the world has ever seen so you can you know let your uh, eulogies run riot you can you know do, do, talk about special ones you can talk about greatest of all time um, you know the the world is your oyster really with, with Leo Messi as a commentator and it helps when he scores goals that you know aren't just tap-ins from five inches they're Special goals like he scored again this morning. It's he's just a freakish talent. So you, you can use any word in the lexicon, and people are going to go, "Yeah, that's fair enough." Well, see, that's the problem, you though. Know, see, this is the thing. You do that about any other player, you go, "Oh, you know," it's, and that's why he's one of the world's greatest ever players. And people go, eh, no, yeah. "I don't agree with that." But with Messi, nah. I like the fact you say he could use any word because I couldn't handle the pressure. I would swear, I reckon, if I had the <laughs> microphone and he did that. It is tough, but uh, yeah, no, I think um, it's it's just it's a pleasure to be able to call, you know, one of the great players in world football, and especially when he scores goals like that. If you're behind the microphone, that's a, that's what the job's all about, isn't it? Those moments, fantastic. Well, let's get Dave Weiner into chat. Uh, as I mentioned before, Maurizio Sarri binned straight up. And, I mean, that's probably not a huge shock, Dave, but the fact that Andrea Pirlo's been given a two-year contract, this will be fun. How romantic is that? It's romance to the club that's uh, shown us past side in, in a few hours earlier. I mean, everyone has such fond memories of Andrea Pirlo as a player, and, and he might be the one to galvanise this dressing room and, and play with the panache that Juve is so desperate to sort of evolve into after sort of they've won nine Scudettos that are looking for what is next and we know next is the Champions League which Mauricio Sarri was not able to deliver them. Brutal on Sarri I wonder what happens to him next because he's gone and won the Europa League with Chelsea and he's gone and won the Serie A with Juve 
and his stocks seemingly actually have fallen after what he did at Naples. So I don't know where we'll see him next. But do you guys really think Andrea Perlo is going to be there for the next two years? It would shock me if come the first day of next season, the manager is not either Mauricio Pochettino or even Antonio Conte. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what uh, Sarri will be doing. He'll be going having a dart. That's the, that's the first thing he'll do. Um, How many packets? <laughs> it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we're all a bit shocked, obviously, by Perlo's appointment. But you look back at, you know, Frank Lampard only had one year's experience. He's done all right with Chelsea. Zinedine Zidane didn't have an awful lot of experience when, uh, you know, he was, he was handed a massive job at Real Madrid. Um, and there are probably others. I, I don't know. You never know. He might turn out to be a super coach. But using the word might, Simon, I think it's um I think you need to have a look at is when you get quality teams like that, quality players playing uh, like Ronaldo for Juve and whatnot, um, they just need a manager. And when you've got a legend like that to step in the shoes, you've got an inspiration that's been there, done that, knows what it's like to be managed by a manager. And maybe that's going to be a good thing. Maybe that's a positive. Maybe they don't want to be overcoached. And, and some yeah. world-class players don't want to be overcoached. They just want to be managed. It's actually really interesting. Do you think there with Sari, who has his particular style of play, he's clearly got a really regimented style that he wants. And he's gone into a team that's got your Ronaldo, Zibala, Zibwayin, that actually, if you can almost be like a Zidane, where you actually, if you get the dressing room right, the guys will play, that that might actually be the key to them kicking on. But another thing as a coach is, is an issue that maybe he was a former teammate of a lot of these guys as well. Yeah, I, I think that that's the main point and that's the reason why they've probably signed them is obviously players player power these days is massive. But um, yeah, they just need a manager. When you've got a regimented style, then it makes it really difficult to be able to be free and have freedom on the pitch. And, and I think that was um, his undoing. Um, but yeah, I, I think he could do really well and... Well, they've tried uh, plenty of things since they last won the Champions League back in 96. They won't be doing it this season. Could Leon potentially be the team? Geez, what about their bad luck on the side of the draw? Because they've got Manchester City next. And if they get through City, then it's either Bayern or Barcelona. So good luck to you, Leon. It's going to be difficult. On the other side of the draw, Heather, that's where we start our attention Thursday and Friday. Uh, PSG and Atalanta will be unreal. It could be just about anything given both sides are... Atalanta absolutely will attack. PSG's attack can be amazing. There's a real opportunity for those sides. Yeah, I think so. And Atalanta, obviously, are not the favourites. Um, PSG are, but based on the way they've played, uh, really attacking style play, like you said, Rich. Um, but when you've got the likes at PSG, some of the quality players, are, I'm going to name uh, Frenchy Mbappe. Um, up, <laughs> if up, he's fit. Up and down, yeah. And that, that's the big thing is, is fitness. And this COVID period, it, you don't know um, with, with the players. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough game. And I think it's, whilst PSG are going to be the favourites, uh, Atalanta could come away with the win. Before that, though, of course, uh, well, sorry, the day after that, uh, I don't know what day it is at any point in here, Rach. That's, uh, that's the problem. The day after, Leipzig and Atletico. Johnny Aloisi, uh, Dave, earlier said that he's actually backing Atletico on that side of the draw. They're a great chance of getting through to the final. But what about Leipzig? I know you're loving the fact you've got Timo Werner on uh, your Chelsea <laughs> squad for next season. You'd be pretty bummed if you're Leipzig, wouldn't you? He's got you all the way there. He's not going to be part of it. How on earth do they get up for this? This is, a, this is the next moment in their evolution. They've come so far. I, I don't want to call it a romantic story because when you are back by Red Bull, you're not a romantic story. <laughs> but they are a new kid on the block, which, which is exciting. And for them, they want to prove they can do it without it. And they do play an exciting 
brand of football. They've got a very adaptable style of football. So I think they can very much compete without him. They can't probably win the whole thing without him, but they can very much compete. And they've got one of the smartest young managers on the planet as well. But I've got to say, I'm actually with John um, in that I think this is tailor-made for Atletico Madrid. They are the huge winners from um, this delay in, in time. The fact that they got past Liverpool as well because they are the kings of one-off games. They just need to put everything into that one basket and show all of their competitive now. And the other thing working in their favour is since they've come back from the bank break, they've actually been scoring goals, which is their huge Achilles heel before um, COVID, where they were just absolutely brutal to watch. So um, I think there are, I don't have looked at the odds, I'm not a betting man, but I think they would be the value bet because um, even if they were in the busy side of the draw, I still think that they fancy themselves as well. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon you're spot on there, Dave. They'll be if they don't get to the final, considering where they are, they will probably view it as a failure. I know PSG expect great things as well, but still, Atletico, like you say, they've made plenty of finals under Simeone. Maybe this is the year they go one better and actually win the Champions League. We're just about out of time. Just quickly, Heather, before we go, every game now is in Lisbon. It's this mini tournament. We know that it'll be very different to the end of every other Champions League season. We'll have Mark Schwartz there. He'll be obeying all uh, protocols and restrictions, of course, uh, pitch side for us. But it's going to be pretty unique, isn't it? Yeah, it is going to be uni- unique, but it's it's also going to be great because for, as a player, um, being in one spot is um, all the games are there. From a coaching perspective, it, it's going to be great. You get to scout um, live, which is great. But as a player, you get to relax and be able to see the other games as well, but also be in one spot and not not have to jet back to to your hometown. So, yeah, it is going to be unique and this COVID period is super unique and um, just need to be adaptable. And for some players, being adaptable is important. Other players might miss their families and and loved ones. Um, So, yeah, that throws that in the mix as well. But, yeah, it's it's exciting times. And, of course, every team will be looking at the season after that, which only starts a few weeks down the track for most teams as well. So throw all that in the mix. Heather Garriock, Dave Wiener, Simon Hill and John Aloisi, thanks very much for your company today on the Match Day podcast. We'll do this after every match day in the Champions League. A couple of days off now. But a reminder that on the Optusport app, as always, there's so much goodness from this weekend. It's been amazing, hasn't it? Four really good games so far in the Champions League. To get to the quarterfinal stage, there's always plenty of football to watch before we get to the live stuff on Thursday morning. Make sure you enjoy that, and we'll see you on our coverage on Thursday. Between now and then, of course, enjoy your football.